Good ideas are like red wine. They need time in the cellar for refinement. Here's where I keep mine. Welcome to 55 Degrees. I'm continuing today sharing my thoughts and experiences with dreams and visions. As I said previously, this is an odd topic that can attract very odd ideas and interpretations. And I don't find a lot of information that I trust nor feel comfortable with. And so I proceed with caution. As a result of a lack of resources, I've done a lot of thinking on this subject on my own keeping most of my conclusions to myself until now. The reason for the change is the importance of the role that dreams and visions have played in my entire life, but especially in the last four years. And when I experience something profound like this, I know that it will eventually be time to connect it with others. Dreams are first for the dreamer, the dreamer will receive it and be called on to sit with it, sometimes years, before it becomes time to share it aloud. The prophet Daniel was a dreamer, and I love his story. And he outlines some of his experience in the Old Testament book that bears his name. I have many observations from this book, and I will start with the story told in chapter 7. First one begins, Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind. And now there's a distinction in these two words I'll describe. Daniel saw a dream and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed. Then he wrote the dream down and told the following summary of it. Now rewind to how I defined dreams and visions in the last episode. A dream is a mental picture played out in my mind during sleep. A vision is a similar picture only played out in the mind while it is awake. The way it was described of him is the way dreams and visions work in my experience also. For instance, I might have a sleep dream and have it awaken me in the middle of the night and as I contemplate that image, now in a conscious state, the story continues to unfold. And I might drift back off to sleep, only to have the same thing happen again. So his description of seeing dreams and visions in his, night, in his mind as he lay on his bed, this is consistent with what I understand them to be. See, the body was designed with the ability to dream. Everyone has them, but not everyone recalls them. But there are some people like me, more intuitive in nature, that are drawn to these kinds of encounters. Logic and reason don't fascinate me like the intuition that I carry. Some would call it a sixth sense or a gut feeling. I simply call it paying attention to what is going on inside of me. And some would dismiss what I am saying, downplaying the intuitive experiences in favor of logic and reason. And I bought into that for many years, but the more familiar I become with scripture, there is a lot in it 
that doesn't make logical or rational sense. Therefore, there is much I will miss if I only apply logic and reason to discerning it. That is where faith comes in. Faith is seeing the unseen and being a part of making the impossible possible. About three years ago, I had a dream that someone was outside my window in the middle of the night. The sound of the trash can lid being lifted in the dream awakened me literally. My mind interpreted the sound in my dream as real, and it startled me out of my sleep. So now I'm awake, lying on my bed, with fearful emotions coursing through my body. And I asked myself, what was that? And as I asked that question, the story dream continued as a vision. As I lay on my bed, I saw that the noise was coming from a vagrant woman outside my window going through the trash can. I got up to investigate and went outside, my heart pounding, terrified. And I can remember thinking, this is stupid. I'm unarmed, and what if this person has a gun? But a voice said to me, walk up to her. And so I did. Her back was to me, and as I came closer, I startled her. She turned around, and I was close enough to make eye eye contact. I looked square in her eyes, and I saw a look of terror in them. At that moment, she shrieked a hideous scream, dropped the trash can lid, and ran off down the street. And this was how the noise in a dream flowed into a fuller vision while lying on my bed at 1.30 a.m. in the morning. This is how the two are tied together, how a dream and a vision are distinct yet similar and can be connected to one another. It said Daniel had dreams and visions in his mind as he lay on his bed, pictures that appear in both sleep and awakened states. When this happens, for me to try to understand my dream, I always start with the emotion of the dream, which was fear again, with fear being a very familiar emotion for me. The dream of the startling noise in my sleep kick-started the process for my now alert mind to pick up further and continue it into a vision that helped describe and put context to that dream. Since I was a little boy, I was always afraid of the night. I was afraid of robbers, of storms, of arsonists. I was frightened by noises, and as a little child, I had to learn how to regulate those fearful emotions. My parents were not attuned to this fear and would just tell me to go back to bed and that there's nothing to worry about. But as a nine-year-old boy, that doesn't make it go away. It became something I had to learn how to live with. And I've carried that deep into adulthood. So when I have a dream about a noise in the night, I become a child again. Fear starts to take control just like it did so many years ago. And that is where the vision creates an answer to that fear. I have learned over the years to step toward the direction of that thing that is making me fearful. 
And when I was embarrassed by my fear of heights, I intentionally jumped off the 10-meter high dive at my local pool. All my other friends could do it, and I did not want fear to inhibit me, so I stepped in fear's direction. I don't know where this comes from. I think it was just the little boy trying to figure out how to survive in his harsh world. I believe that this was what was playing out in the vision of getting out of bed, going outside to investigate, and having a new fear of what if come along. What if they have a gun and I'm unprotected? But I obeyed the voice and stepped toward the vagrant woman. And true to form, she was the one that was fearful. She was ultimately terrified of me. And she ran away before I could do anything. So after this vision was finished, I got up and wrote it down in my journal so I could pick it up in the morning. Because I was still groggy and I wanted to try to get some sleep, I went back to bed and thankfully fell asleep. Early the next morning, I got up and came back to that story I wrote down. And I prayed and asked for guidance on what that dream and vision meant. And this is how the Spirit took it further with this statement in my spirit. Let's get rid of some trash that the thieves are attracted to. Now, the dream and the vision had a meaning that I could carry with me. I can now ask, what kind of things do I keep lying around that would cause fear to keep hanging around me like it has done for so many of my years? Another point of meaning from it is for me to think of fear as a wandering thief. And when I confronted it, I revealed that fear was fearful. Fear does not possess courage nor strength. Fear's only weapon is fear. That's all it's got. That's all it knows. And that's all it has to intimidate with. That's what the little boy was feeling. Fear was only giving him what it had. When God speaks a word, there's usually a process attached to it. It's a process that involves patience, but there can also be a lot of joy surrounding it. And a new process of self-reflection and discovery began. And it led to taking inventory of things that attracted fear to me. These things were mostly thoughts that were not rooted in any kind of reality. Walking in the middle of the road with oncoming traffic should rightly produce fear because the danger is real in that case. But fear of what others think about me, especially as a season of failure was approaching, that was a process of becoming aware of a false identity that I had been keeping and believing what fear was telling me that everyone could see I was just a failure. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they know it. And I now recognize it clearly and trust that this is the one of the unique ways he communicates to me. A second thought from this chapter is in verse four, and it starts like this. The first was like, and how often do you have a dream? You have no idea how to describe what you just saw. 
The complexity of details and colors and circumstances are so vast, it's impossible. So you have to retreat to comparison. Uh, it was, I don't know, it's like, uh, it's like going to the eye doctor and she gives you the exam. Can you read the bottom line of the letters to me? And then you hem and haw and, uh, mm, uh, looks like D, E, maybe Y, M, to which she replies, boy, you really can't see, can you? This is why it's not a good idea to hang your hat on each and every detail of the dream. In no way am I saying they don't matter or have legitimate unsearched meaning. I am saying to focus on what makes most sense in the dream and in this chapter first, not the details that don't. The rest of verse 4 says, The first was like a lion, but had the wings of an eagle. And again, I have no doubt that this holds a mysterious meaning, but I don't want to speculate on what that meaning is. What I can hold on to is the description of an ominous scene of extreme conflict and struggles of power. Kingdom against kingdom, ruler against ruler. That is enough for me to glean right now. Verse 9 is where it becomes more clear to me, and he describes this scene. I kept looking until thrones were set up, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was ablaze with flames, its wheels were burning fire. He's speaking of the glory of the Holy One, the one known as the Ancient of Days, brilliant in appearance, burning white hot with glory, a truly phenomenal, majestic moment with no risk of hyperbole. And even this depiction ventures into strange landscape. A river of fire was flowing. Again, the symbolism can be inferred, but still trying to picture a literal, literal river of fire is mind-blowing. He continues, I kept looking in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. I think of this, regardless of the rulers and the powers described, this is the ultimate point of the dream. One that is coming that will set it all straight. He came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion, honor, and a kingdom, so that all the peoples, nations, and populations of all languages might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which will not be, pass away. And his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. Daniel lived in a time of uncertainty where kings would come and go. And you did not know if they would be good or bad or how they would treat their captives. He was taken out of his home country and forced into captivity by another kingdom. 
he would survive three more regime changes in his lifetime. Each one of them would threaten his life. It is no wonder that a dream like this would emerge. His personal experience would meld with the spirit. What the spirit is using, these natural mechanisms that is in place to communicate a deeply important message. Dreams have a point, and so it is important to stay fixed on that point and not on trying to lay out a roadmap for each and every detail. My dream about the vagrant had a point. Get rid of the trash that the thieves are attracted to. Who the vagrant was, what she looked like, why she was dressed the way she was is secondary and can get in the way of the primacy of the main purpose of the dream, which was to strengthen my heart toward becoming the man I am intended to be, not a man that is ruled by fear. And Daniel describes the impact of the dream of this size and nature in verse 15. As for me, Daniel, my spirit was distressed within me, and the visions in my mind kept alarming me. The lesson learned here, you feel it in your body, so take the dream seriously and keep fixed on the point of the dream. He, he finishes the recounting by saying this in verse 28. At this point, the revelation ended, and as for me, Daniel, my thoughts were greatly alarming me, and my face became pale, but I kept the matter to myself. There is significant instruction in that last half of the sentence, but I kept the matter to myself. Dreams are first for the dreamer. The dream will take its toll on the body of the dreamer. The dream will shape the heart of the dreamer, and it will test the wisdom of the dreamer. And this is what, why I don't understand why so many people spoke publicly about having a dream or vision about a Trump presidential victory, and then they turn out to be wrong. Just because a person has a dream or a vision is not an automatic sign that it needs to be made known. In many times, like this one with Daniel, it should be kept to yourself until a later time that will become clear. See, who would benefit? Who benefited from knowing ahead of time that Trump would have won the, the election? If indeed he had won and hundreds of people prophesied their vision that it would happen, and it did happen, how does that change matters? Instead, now there are a bunch of YouTube jockeys having a heyday excoriating these folks that got it wrong. They would have been much better off receiving the dream or vision, writing it down, and sitting on it and watching it unfold. If their dream was accurate, they could rest in the assurance of seeing it correctly, and that leads to a deeper faith. If it was inaccurate, then, then they could go back and examine why they got it wrong. Some of you are hearing this and are experiencing an affirmation of your own right now. Because you too have had dreams your entire life 
but you didn't know what to do with them. And I come along today and say, pay attention to them because they have more to say to you than you realize. But like me, you're embarrassed by those who wield their dreams haphazardly and unwisely. If you have had or are currently having dreams, let me offer this simple checklist. Dreaming is completely normal and it is the body's way of helping you process significant matters, especially traumatic ones. Here's what I would suggest. You have a dream, write the dream out in as much detail as possible. Second, identify the predominant emotion in the dream. Ask yourself, what do you feel immediately upon waking up from the dream? And is this a recurring feeling? Is there a past story connected to the feeling? Daniel was troubled and terrified And this was an overwhelming picture he had received because he had already lived through three rulers. Times were unstable and he had personal experience with this dream. Thirdly, start with the familiar characters, not the strange ones. The ancient of days. This was the God that he served and believed in. The one that rescued him from the lion's den. He understood his power because he experienced it firsthand. He was familiar with this character. A kingdom which cannot be destroyed. See, his times were unstable. He was in exile. But, and so having a lasting kingdom was something anyone in his shoes would have longed for and been familiar with. How did this character or these characters make you feel in the dream. And even though he had been rescued out of danger, he was still troubled by what the dream depicted. Remember this, the dream is first for the dreamer. The dream is yours to carry and steward. And this is the kind of man the dreamer was. It says of Daniel in chapter six, verse four, But they could find no ground of accusation or evidence of corruption because he was trustworthy and no negligence or corruption was to be found in him. Then these men said, we will not find any ground of accusation against this Daniel unless we find it against him regarding the law of his God. God spoke to Daniel in his dreams of such heavy matters because he had developed the strength and the character over the years to carry such a burden. He had the wisdom to keep the dream to himself until the proper time. This preparation qualified him to shoulder the weight of that glory. So to wrap this up, if you are having dreams, take them seriously. They are messages for you to hear. They may have no other significance other than your own healing and establishing. Hold them close. Share them with a few trusted confidants and wait with them. I hope this helps and I'll continue sharing how dreams and visions have impacted me personally in the next episode. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.